Hello, and welcome back to Tales from the Teacher's Lounge. I am your host, Lauren Morris. We're talking improv, we're talking teaching, and how the art of teaching goes along with the art of improv. I'm really excited for this week's guest, Dylan Rode. He is the founder and co-owner of The Backline in Omaha, Nebraska. He's also the producer of the Omaha Improv Festival. Dylan was passing through Orlando on his way to the Tampa Improv Festival, which happened back in November of 2016. So we got to sit down, talk, shop, and had a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. And please enjoy Tales from the Teacher's Lounge. Also, this is my first live one. Everything has been either Skype or FaceTime. Really? Yes. So welcome. <laughs> so, thank you. I'm excited to have someone like I can look in the eye. We can have a conversation. <laughs> It'll be fun. Uh, so um, tell me, so what was your first teaching experience? Tell me about that. My first teaching experience is a little embarrassing. Uh, I had to teach at Big Bear Camping uh, or Big Bear Lake or whatever up in California. Uh, it's called Camping USA, and I had to teach to 8 to 13-year-olds improv, and I was signed up to take my first level one class the next week. <laughs> so, <laughs> How did so, you get roped into that? <laughs> uh, I had done a, it was in L.A., I'd met a, someone who had, uh, was into theater, and I had done one play there, and I, so I met some theater people, and uh, my roommate, my, one of my really good friends, had just taken level one at UCB, and uh, I was signed up to take it, and... Uh, he, since he had taken a whole class, gets asked to do this, and so he wanted me to come along because I, I had taken some stuff that was in college, but it didn't really count towards anything. Um, and so we had there, and I, he basically the whole trip. It was a two-hour drive. He just told me everything he learned, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had to just teach like a two-hour workshop to eighteen, eight to thirteen-year-olds, and it was uh, it was pretty tough. But uh, they believed we were we knew what we were talking about. And, I mean, I'd had enough theater experience that I could uh, kind of go along with it. Right. Did you, um, at that moment, even though it'd be tough, be like, oh, I, I kind of dig this teaching? Or were you just excited to be like, nope, just going to go learn? And I never thought, I, I used to hate the idea that, of being a teacher. So I didn't think that was going to be the path I took yet. Um, it wasn't too long afterwards that I did, though. I'd, it was while I was in level two that I thought, like, I think a lot of people, especially at UCB, have a problem with the their teacher and I think they're always like oh I think I'm, I think they're doing it wrong or something but I I was definitely in that mindset of like I don't think it should be taught this way I think you know and I started to think like I want to be a teacher um I knew there would be a long path before I ever taught for UCB right um, and so it wasn't many till many years later I was there for three and a half years until I was finally like if I ever want to teach I'm just gonna have to start my own thing okay and uh, I thought the best place to start was in Omaha because it's from near where I grew up and I knew they didn't really have a scene. They had one long form team and they didn't teach classes. So uh, it was all just kind of fresh and no one could really uh, judge me if I was bad, I guess, you know? So um, what's kind of weird was I moved to Omaha with the idea that if I fail, I can just move back to Los Angeles. Uh, it's kind no of like a reverse. Wiser, yeah. Right? <laughs> You're right. It was, and it was kind of like the reverse of like when people move out of Omaha. They're like, oh, if I fail, I'll just move back home. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd done that. And uh, let's see. And I, I'd started my first class within the first month I moved back, February 2011. So, when you get to Omaha, you know you're going to start teaching because that's, that's why you went there. Mm-hmm. Did you. Um, 
did you have already in mind the curriculum you wanted to bring to that scene? I did not know a curriculum. I did have, I had my own five-year plan that I wanted for the theater. Okay. I had made that up of like, this is when I want our own space. This is when uh, I want three or four nights a week of shows. And uh, I was able to basically meet all of those, which was nice. Um, so I had started with certain exercises I really liked. I thought back like, oh, this is the stuff that really inspired me, um, helped me understand what it was. And I knew kind of the angle I wanted. My favorite performers were people who did both UCB and I.O. Um, people like Susie Barrett, Drew DeFonso Marks. Those are the people I really enjoyed watching. Um, and so I wanted to um, really uh, just kind of find that mix, see what it was that was about it. And I think a lot of it was that they did realistic um, scenarios. They had relationships, but they still played a game. Um, and uh, that was what I wanted was kind of we sort of made a game through relationships. Okay, so you had that in mind. So when you step into day one of level one, are you stepping in with just like just this week? Were you going week by week at that point? I kind of was. Okay. I, had, I thought like this is the stuff I want to cover in level one. And then as I went through, I adjusted to see like, okay, this team needs – they really need to know this one aspect. Okay, I'm going to fit this in next week so we can move on. Okay. Um, but surprisingly, my curriculum has changed very little since the first week. Now, my other classes have all changed as I've gone through, uh, but um, that level one is very similar to what I originally did. And uh, I put a lot of time into it while I was there. I had nothing else to do. I was just starting a job but working like 20 hours a week, so I just I didn't have internet, so I just sat, sat in, my, uh, in my room and... And just was like, okay, what else can I do? What else? And I'm looking through notes and all this stuff. And uh, on the first day of class, and I still do this, there's two exercises that uh, I like to bring up. And they're, they were ones that were taught to me after I had become an alumni. So like they were very advanced stuff that I had learned. But one of them is, I don't know if it had a name, but I call it dramatic displacement. Of uh, You have one scene, I make them do a very dramatic scene. And that way they're not trying to be funny. They're just like, oh, it's like an after-school special or something. You know, mom found drugs and kids' drugs under their bed. And then I have them redo that scene and uh, act as if it's just as serious, only now it's something like, you know, I found your homework and they're ashamed and they're like, well, that's not mine, that's Johnny's, you know. Uh, and so it's just kind of that scenario. And then the other one is uh, Meisner, because I have them do that on the first day. Right, well. right, yeah. Um, it's so funny. I, I don't know if you've come across this. Uh, with students who come in. So we get a lot of students who come into long form specifically because they are actors and their understanding of that long form uh, relates very much to Meisner and so it will help them a lot. Mm -hmm. So they'll come in sometimes already with a Meisner background. And so I find, though, that they'll Meisner too much, if that makes sense. So yeah. they'll just mirror what's going on and never add to the scene. Do you ever see that? Uh, no, I, we've had a few theater people, but usually they're, um, most of the theater people we get are from the kind of children's show, so they don't get as dramatic with it as far as, <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, we've had a few, certainly a few actors, but nothing that's ever like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that to me, it's really an interesting thing that's happened because I'll be like, oh, they are, they're misering too much now, and now you're like, figure out how to reel them back about that. So this, this core of level one, did they become your level two students? Yeah. Okay. And so then and now how many levels do you now have? 
We go up to a level five, but we also, our floor has a 4A and a 4B, and you can take one of them. You don't have to take both. Okay. And so one of them's advanced scene work, the other one's advanced uh, forms, like uh, okay. mono scene, uh, slacker, stuff like that. Did you, um, so are you now, are you education director? I mean, do you even have those kind of titles over there, or is it just that fancy? It's so weird. I don't have, like, a technical title. Other people do. Um, I I guess I'm artistic director. I definitely am uh, director of teaching uh, classes and and, uh, all that, coaches and all that stuff. Um, So I do come up with the curriculum. uh, And compared to a lot of places, we have a pretty set curriculum. I let... Like, I let it, I have a teacher teach it a certain way the first time, and then I let them know, like, if you'd make some changes now that you've taught it this way, what would that be? Um, but the first time I have them teach a level, I have them teach set to, like, what I've set up. Do you have in motion now, like, someone comes to you and says, I love this, I want to do this all my life, and I want to teach? Do you have, like, a program where you're like, great, we have, like, a train the trainer? Or is it sort of just like, hey, Bob, you look like you're ready. We need someone. <laughs> we did, I did teach one class that was teaching how to teach, basically. Um, we got a, a couple people that ended up teaching through that because um, I could tell they were really good and they were wanted to. Most of the time what it is is people that coach teams, and then I can see that team is, is doing well. And I can go, well, clearly that coach is a decent coach. And then so once they're tapped for that um, – so do you watch? So will you watch them teach an entire class, or will you just watch one class or a couple exercises and then be like, okay, great, you taught it that way, and now you can go ahead and put your spin on it? Uh, well, I'd still, I'd still want to have that talk because I want to know what they're learning as they're going through, so that way I'm not teaching the same thing or teaching something that um, just be a very uh, not a, not a very um, constructive combination, I suppose. So um, if it if it had ever changed, which most of the time teachers don't even want to change anything. Um, they're pretty happy with what I have for curriculum. Um, we do have one uh, that's brought up uh, changing some stuff, but I've yet to like get like specific stuff. But um, we, I, I guess I have a certain, certain aspect that I'm teaching through our school, which I do like to keep it open so everyone can be their own, st- have their own style, do their own thing. Um, but we... We try really hard to make sure people learn certain skills, um, things like doing strong second beats and initiations and stuff like that, pulling ideas from the opening, um, that we really have found certain exercises have helped that, and I like to keep that in our curriculum. So uh, so things like um, pulling from an initiation, what level is that coming from? Uh, we work on it right away in level one. Okay. It's something that... Okay. Try to get to level two is where we get a little bit more into you got to pick your top three ideas. Okay. Um, so with that in mind, have, when it comes time, what is the what is the policy about going forward through the classes then? So if there, so if you know for a fact that like we want them to have be able to pull ideas, we want them to be able to initiate, we want strong second beats. Uh, is it still? everyone goes through kind of policy because every every theater has a different program policy on that we generally as long as someone is showing up they seem like they're they want to do it um we haven't really had to hold too many people back now there was one person i had to stop in level two but a large part was because they weren't showing up enough um it looked like they were usually under the influence of something and they had had other unfortunately uh certain uh, 
mental problems that they were dealing with that was making it very tough. And so it just became a, a scenario where the class couldn't handle it, and I had to tell them no. What was that conversation? So when you are in a situation like that, uh, what's that conversation? I think that's really helpful for other people to hear, like, how you approach it, what the conversation looks like. Because for a lot of people, that's, like, one of the scariest things that they're mm-hmm. going to have to do is sit down and say to a student, hey, this is not the right fit. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm a very forgiving person, and I take each student uh, and, their, and their future and prof to heart. So... If someone isn't doing well and someone is has a really bad habit, I'll stop class and, and work on that. And, and um, sometimes I push them maybe too hard and they go and they panic and they go, I don't like this. I feel embarrassed or something. And they, they drop out. And I try not to do that. But really, they either got to work on it or we're not moving forward. And um, sometimes they can get good enough to kind of let it slide. And then it's like level five. It's like, oh, you never did get better at this. Um and uh, that's that's kind of tough. And there's a few times around level five where it's like, I need to see you do better, or usually around like level four. I need to see that you're actually trying your care if I'm going to let you into level five. And I give them a couple weeks. I'm, I'm a pretty forgiving person. And really, as long as someone is trying, and I can go, okay, they really want to do this, I'll let them keep going. Okay. Yeah, I um, I mean, it's hard, right? Because, it, because it's both subjective, and for some people, they it just clicks quickly and then some people they have a lot to shed in terms of their fear and their ego Mm -hmm. and it's just going to be a longer path to get there but they're working like you can see like they're working so hard at it Mm -hmm. um so yeah everybody like i know that everybody has this different approach of like yep you can go forward or no you can't some some schools are very strict right uh while i was in australia i was at a school that they basically well sometimes just uh stop half the class and half that class can't move forward Wow. To me, I can't. I, like, I can't even fathom that because I held like two or three people from going far <laughs> right, right, out yeah. of six years of classes. Right. Yeah, the pressure that must be going in the <laughs> class. Like, oh my gosh. When you're preparing to meet, like, so you know, there's certain goals you want to meet in your in your classes. Um, are you doing anything specifically to prepare for those? Uh, I mean, you probably at this point know your curriculum really well, but do you still, you know, every like I know that there's been times when I'm like, oh, this week is supposed to be X, Y, and Z, but this class I need to do one, two, and three. Yeah, I definitely make adjustments. Like, I try to stick with it, but if it's like, oh, we're into week four of of the Herald class and they just do not get the idea of what a second beat is yet, it's like, oh, we can't keep doing other stuff until we do that. And um, let's just spend this week figuring that out. Or like, um, if their scenes just keep being really fake and you're watching it and you're like, I, what are you guys even talking about? I'm just so bored. What What is this conversation about even? Um, if every scene is like that, then I'm like, all right, let's, let's just work on making these real and understandable and relatable to that audience. Right. What are you doing to keep um, – do you guys have like end-of-the-class surveys about the teachers or just about the class in whole? It's something I did when I first started and I forgot all about it. And then uh, – Nick Armstrong had brought that up to us this last festival, and we've been meaning to incorporate that back in, and we just haven't yet. Um, it uh, it was weird when I first did it; nobody wanted to, even though it was anonymous. Everyone was just like, "I, I don't, I don't know what, what you want us to do. Um, we're in level one. I don't know what what I can tell you. You know, they didn't have other experience, right?" So. Right. They're just like, good job. <laughs> right, right. Well, I could totally see, right, that's, that, that actually was a, a bit of a thing for me also when was first, 
like we had the very first level one we're, they're all going to level two so I was like I don't know that I need to do an assessment everyone we just had a hundred percent you know like we had the retention rate of that um, so then if someone were to have a problem with a teacher or anything then is there a pretty easy funnel for them to go through uh, for that? Um, I don't know if there is uh, it's something we're working on in our system um, we've just I mean when I first started it was just me um, so now that I actually have other people to help we're seeing if uh, we're going to try to set up some system of that of like here are the people you can contact um, we have certain policies now that we hand out to all of our students and, and performers um, but there's like zero tolerance I'm not necessarily zero tolerance but tolerant like yeah like, like divert that. like yeah, on no, uh, harassment like, policies no harassment assault and anything like that okay. uh, on or off premises so like if we hear that someone's bothering someone uh, elsewhere it's like you, you know if then depending you know is there physical harm or you know what, what's going on and usually it's up to what anyways the situation I suppose right um, we had to kick one person out for that and gotten close a couple times so um, but we do take it very serious and we want to make sure everyone feels safe but we also have a place where we don't really degree in full or agree in full censorship so um we can talk about any topic. The question is, is like, what are we making fun of in this scenario? And as long as we're not making fun of someone who's like being oppressed or something like that, um, it's, you know, anything's really out there. Right. Well, it also becomes like, is this a satirical moment? And we're highlighting how ridiculous this is mm -hmm. versus some guy just up on stage looking forward to grabbing a girl's ass. Yeah. Right. And that, and any of that stuff, uh, we do not allow from the beginning. Right away in level one, as soon as I see that kind of stuff, I, I put a stop to it. Like, even if someone's just like, there's, let's say there's uh, one black person in the class, and every scene they get labeled as the black person in the scene. It's like, come on, guys, let's just stop that. And this person could be anybody. Uh, a guy could be a, uh, a lady, uh, a white person can be black, a bald person can have hair. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, for some reason, it's just so hard for, uh, for people right away to be like, well, they're right there, I see them. It's like, no, they. They could be a, a monster that has four heads, you know? They could be anything. Right. Um, so when you – yeah, I, let's jump into that. So you – so I also am like I, – I always kind of give the joke of like I – of the – if I see something, I say something <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, and then I'll stop and have that conversation. So it sounds like, yep, if you're starting to see it, you're just going to stop it right yeah. away as well. Absolutely. Um, have you ever had a student stop it on their own? What do you mean? Like they're in a scene and they're like, okay, I can't do this. This is uncomfortable or I'm not, I'm not doing the scene. Like this is just, this is crossing lines for me. Uh, I've never had that. Um, I guess I, I'm pretty aware. So like if something happens right in the moment, I'll stop it in the moment. If something was like, that was a little out of line, I'll make a comment afterwards. Um, there's been a few things where like certain people have come up and they're like, hey, that thing that someone said earlier made me a little uncomfortable or something like that, but I've never had anyone just be like, I can't do this. Now, okay. we did we did have someone on um, on stage for our festival and said <laughs> that had a problem, um, but it, that was, we learned to stop doing those shows because that was like our mashup one, and we even called it a mashup, and, and people kind of took that as a jam, and uh, it was kind of a, who cares, this is just a goof-off session. So uh, that's something where, you know, and I think... This is a tangent here, but kind of how you brand things is how people participate in them. 
And so we're going to maybe name them something like a showcase or something as we go forward um, because we don't want people to have that attitude that they're like, yeah, whatever, we're just going to throw this out there and have fun because we're a bunch of one performer from each city. You know? Right, right, yeah. Instead of really seeing like what all these people can do together, they're like, how much can we goof off? Right, yeah. No, because that's one of my favorite things at festivals is when like they either do like a teacher show or they highlight like we're bringing together all these different people from all these different cities and they've all had so many different experiences and then they come out together and do like the most cohesive mm-hmm. show. I was at a festival and I was in a teacher show and we didn't even have time to have a conversation about what we were going to do. And I, it was one of the most favorite, it, it's good English. It was one of my most favorite shows because we just stepped on stage. We figured out what the opening, like we just, someone stepped up, we're like, okay, this is the opening. We're doing great. And then we found this really cool vibe and everyone just did what they did. And that's the beauty of improv. It's like, doesn't matter where we studied or the form we're coming from or the school we're coming from. We're taking the fundamentals at heart and we're, we're working together and building it. And it was just like a really great, great show. Um, so that's one of my favorite things. So it's like, yeah, it sucks when people are like, oh, well, we're here to like, just be jerks. Don't, yeah. don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. I think like that's, don't be a jerk. That's a big, that's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. um, you did have fun. Right, <laughs> right. And uh, it's, it's more, I think it's more fun to have fun with people than by yourself in front of people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what are you doing these, because these days you're super, you know, you're super busy. You run a festival, you run a theater, you're constantly teaching. So what are you doing to hone your own skills, um, both in teaching and maybe even performing for yourself? Uh, one thing I guess I'm doing, well, one thing I like that's really helping me now is, is as I'm traveling, there's that pressure of like, I'm representing my school, I'm representing my city. And it's, uh, I feel like that's putting me at another level that I, I really like getting to because now I go back home and I'm like, I've got to still do that same mentality of like, I've got to do my best show. And it was kind of easy to let that slip and for a little bit as well. And now I'm, I'm kind of back into like every show, I'm just going to do a really good job. Um, so yeah, you've traveled quite a lot this past year too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I started with a, a Denver trip that was also kind of like Rapid City area. And then I had to go to Australia and do two cities there, but then I visited a third. And, uh, and now I'm doing this trip to Florida. I was just in Atlanta last weekend. Yeah. Um, went to Iowa City. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So. No, I, I think that, I think that, um, and then heading to Tampa. Yep. I think that worldview just, I mean, for me, not only does it help, but it also refuels like my passion for improv. Cause I'm just me. I'm like, Oh, it is still all over the place. Mm-hmm. Cause when you are in a small community, it, they're a great community, but it's just like your people. So you can just be like, yeah, well, mm-hmm. I messed that up tonight. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, versus like getting out there and doing that. So, so we talked a little bit about like if a student were to come up to you and stuff, but do you have, do you have, um, and some teachers never run into this problem. Do you ever have a student who's just like resistant to taking notes or feedback? <laughs> and if you do, you know, what do you try to do to get them to stop it? Um, my biggest problem is people who are afraid to speak. Okay. And when they get that deer in the headlight look of like, I don't know how to handle it. So I'm always just like, say something. And they're like, uh, and they're quiet, you know? And I'm like, say anything you want right now. Anything you, you can say, you're like the second line of the scene. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Just go ahead and go somewhere with it. 
And uh, they're like, uh, and I'm like, I'm going to give you some words and I'll tell them words to say. And I'm like, say these words and they'll still be quiet. And from there, it's like, I don't, I don't know what to tell them. I just told them what to say and they still can't say anything. Uh, and I, again, I, I, if I realize something's wrong, I'll stay there until we move on. Cause I, they can't speak. I can't have them doing scenes. Well, right. Um, well, and so it's interesting because we just had uh, recently, we were in a, so we have a few teams and I will pop in. I, we have some other coaches, but because we're such a small community, I will pop in like every month or so and just do like a master tune up, if mm-hmm. you will. And um, <coughs> we had this great scene going on of like, they were just, they were patterning and heightening and it was just awesome. And the, last person came in and and they were asking that person to do it and that person couldn't do it and I was side coaching I was like you gotta do it like this is where we are and it was super simple it was just something to pretend like it wasn't they were all just pretending they were in a hotel room to like get on a bed and eat some licorice like it was completely innocent it was just having fun and that person had come in and they just like weren't doing that and then I was like you gotta do it like you gotta do it and then everybody was like you can do it you can do it but that made it like a million times worse. <laughs> so I stopped everybody and I, and I, I just paused the scene and I went to that player and I just, I, I stood up on stage and I, I looked at that person and I'm like, what, what is stopping me right now? And they also were just kind of like, uh, uh, I was like, okay, there's no wrong answer. I said, let me, let me guess for you. Like, let me see if we can help that way. And I was like, is it because it's just something you wouldn't do in real life? And they were like, yes. I was like, boom, perfect. Cause now Let's have that conversation about allowing yourself the freedom to let go of everyday life. Like, if that's what you're struggling with, I can work with that because I know where you're coming from. But but the whole, like, even the cheering on, like, that was just shutting that person down even more. So, yeah, when they don't give you anything, my my tendency is to really just stop everything and just be like, okay, you know – I'm going to ask you some yes or no questions. Yeah. <laughs> like blink once for yes, two for no. Uh, because, yeah, if they don't – if they can't get on stage and give their partner – like I'm fine if they're giving their partner a little space before they say something. Right? Like that's fine. But if they – that becomes really frustrating for the other person, especially if that person's new. Mm-hmm. Right? Because then they're going to get flustered and be like, I don't know what to do. And then it's just going to become a shit show. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a – I guess a different type of person that it, that is a problem is the um, the kind of stage hog that wants to just run in. And yeah. Let's talk about that person. Place. Sure. So usually when that happens, I'll stop and I'll go, you know, what's – what are you trying to do in this scenario? What are you trying to have fun with? And do you think anybody else was trying to have that fun? Is that what you thought anyone else was on the same page with? And I will stop them every time they do it. And usually if they stay like it, they end up dropping out. Right, because, because they're, they're sick yeah. of being Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's great. Like you keep on them because so then it, it's known that like, no, this is this isn't funny to anybody in here. Mm-hmm. And so if they're not meeting their whatever needs it is for class and it's not the right environment with it. Yeah, I love that you just keep pointing it out. I think a lot of times it's a learning curve for a lot of people in terms of like they're so some are just so excited to be on stage yeah i i can i feel like i can deal with that better like i have more patience for that person Uh like they're just so excited they want to get on stage right versus the person who's just like well i think this is funny Mm -hmm. so everybody else should think this is funny (laughs) now there are people who are kind of stage hawks that are really talented 
And that's kind of a different story, is the ones who are funny, the ones who are getting laughs, but they still feel like they got to get out there every scene. Um, those are a little bit tougher because I don't want them to leave. Right. I just want them to work on it. Right. And so maybe with that person, though, it's helping them just be more aware. Because a lot of times I think there's a lack of awareness, mm-hmm. uh, especially with students in the beginning of their journey. They don't necessarily lack – they just don't maybe have as much awareness. Like improv, for me at least, has really made me super – like I was already empathetic person to begin with, but like now I'm like uber empathetic mm-hmm. to the point that like – I can watch a student and be like, in three weeks, that person won't be here. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can see it, you know, um, I'm just really honed in. And so sometimes I feel like that, I feel like there's some, though, it's helping them realize that it's not just the ego they need to feed. And in fact, that needs to come out of it. And it's mm-hmm. the bigger, it's seeing that big picture, mm-hmm. uh, which can be difficult as a teacher. Sometimes you just don't get through. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so are you guys actively uh, facilitating conversations on diversity or is it just as it kind of comes up kind of thing? I know you, you, you do like the no, you do um, at the beginning. Is that every class though they get, a, they get like the no um, harassment It usually policy? comes up in the first week or two. Okay. Wait, did you say what the policy? Well, do they get the policy in every class? Yes. Okay. They get that in the first, very before class even starts as they sit around, they hand out this paper. That okay. Has, that policy plus things like don't show a pie, don't show, you know, all that right. kind of stuff. Right. Um, and then I, I usually have a set things that I introduce as they come up. Things like when someone pulls out a gun or a phone and they have their hand as like, you know, right. fingers out. <laughs> the you know, yes. I, I wait until that happens before okay. I ever bring it up. And then that way I can just show them right away. Like this isn't why you do it. Okay. Um, so certain things like that, like when someone labels, and like someone who is 300 pounds can be a tiny, you know, wooden infant in the scene. It doesn't matter. Right. right? Um, when that kind of stuff comes up, it's like, okay, let's realize we're imagining things right now. Right. Right. Um, do you just, cause uh, I can't ask you this cause you're a white male sitting in front of me. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. We had talked about diversity. Yeah. So do you have like, um, how many, uh, I'm just putting on spot. How many female teachers do you have? Uh, technically we have two. Okay. Um, one of them hasn't taught in a little while. Uh, Rachel, she was a teacher and she's just, I've offered some and she hasn't had the time. Um, we, I had offered another one that had turned it down. Um, other than that, we have three, right now our, the teachers that we actually have are three guys, which all are white. And then, uh, a, a woman that is um, half Indian. I think it's actually a little more specific. I can't well, I was going to ask, I'm going to ask you that because you're in Omaha. So I don't know what the pop, you know, like the three white guys may represent what your population is. I don't know enough about Omaha to know what their population is. Uh, I do try really hard to. And when we, when I'd originally brought on owners, it was two guys, two girls. Okay. Um, those two had ended up, one of them is doing a lot of other things like stand up in a more solo career, and the other one is focusing more on her own work and, and theater. Right. And so um, both of them kind of started other stuff. And we did bring on two other guys, but they were the two guys who wanted to help, the two people who wanted to help the most. Right. And uh, I had even offered as a co owner of that other teacher who was, who I was mentioning before, who was uh, a female, um, and she wasn't able to take it. It's a lot of work and not much money. So, right, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of tough to talk people into it anyways, and I really went with 
the people who were the top choices. I try really hard to uh, incorporate everyone, though, and um, it is important for me to spread that out. And, like, our shows, right now it's slightly different, but for the most part we're pretty evenly 50-50 male-female for our house teams. Right. So not necessarily the people that come into our school, but the people that represent our, our school. Right. Um, we try to do half and half. And we do get mostly white people, but um, especially since moving downtown, we've gotten kind of more diverse crowd. Um, we only have, you know, probably like between like, what is it, 20, almost 30 members. We've probably got only like six that are you know, people of color. Or, right, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's an issue, but I think that uh, we all, as long as we all keep talking about it and we all keep working toward it and um, every community is going to have its different challenges too. Well, it's also really important to me because I think having a different, you don't want six people that are the same on one team. You want everyone with different ideas and that way collectively you can do as as good a show as possible. Um, I want someone who's going to know, you know, video game references, but I also want someone who's going to know certain like uh fashion stuff you know and it's like all that stuff's going to come in handy to really make that scene good right and right all these different mindsets or like someone you're like being like whoa you didn't realize that this is the way things really are you know kind of thing yeah um, i think it's really handy and usually when i see a team i try never to cast six dudes on a team <laughs> anyway, so it's, oh, it's like the worst uh, it usually turns into dildos everywhere right like, well it's so funny i can see like where people are in their sort of life, I'm like, oh, it's a bunch of white guys coming up. They're going to be at a frat party. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And that scene is like, I'm like, of course, there yeah. we are. And I think, I don't know if it's our scene necessarily, but our theater certainly tries to cater towards of, like, our audience want doesn't want to see that. Our audience um, wants to see something a little more intellectual. And usually, I would much rather watch an all-female team than an all-male team. Uh, it's usually going to make a lot more sense and uh, actually be about something. <laughs> right. it's, it's, I know it's just it's a it's um it's a crazy. Uh, yeah, I I mean I totally agree. So do you um if someone is wanting to be a teacher, do you have any like advice for them? Thoughts for them? Yeah, uh, watch. Uh, I think one thing that helped me is watch a lot of bad improv. Uh, realize what people shouldn't be doing and. Um, and that's, I think that's how I, I got a good idea is I'd always watch a lot of bad shows and go, this is what I would do if I coached that team. Um, and then from there, some other advice is that they should, um, depending on if they have the ability to make their own curriculum or if they're not, try to teach things the way that you think um, is going to make them the best improvisers. Um, don't ever hold them back for any reason. Think like, is this going to make them a better performer? Is this going to make something that people are going to want to play with um whatever you can do that's going to help them do that you're probably going to be a good teacher um and the only only other thing i would say that's real helpful is only give advice when you have good advice to give don't just give advice because you feel like you have to right now so like after every scene you don't have to go like well i gotta say something about this but i don't know what was wrong with it so i'm gonna say this was and then that really leads to bad stuff down the road where can people find you online Backlinecomedy.com will have certainly anything about our theater. You can find a little about me. Um, me personally, you can search just, I don't have a website or anything besides that. So 
Um, but I have stuff like on YouTube that you can check out. Um, done a lot of video sketches. Um, but yeah, the theater uh, is backmycomedy.com. That's pretty much where you'll find any of that stuff. Awesome. Well, we're going to go get some dinner. Yes. Yes. And thank you very much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Thank you.